Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the July 1st, 2016 edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. Miss Carla Butod, she's going to be stopping by shortly. But until then, I need to address a very urgent issue with you. I just sent out an e-news alert, so hopefully you were signed up for the free e-newsletter. I just sent that out. And if you're listening on the website, well, you can see that there's also a write-up about this. There's a post on the website. The top of the banner today says, last show until goal is met. And the show is on hold until the goal is met. I am now urgently behind in all bills for new recording software, upgraded bandwidth, podcasting, airtime, the customized iPhone app, website maintenance, and on top of that, I need to raise funds to fuel the development of the Android app, which many, many listeners request. It's quite surprising to me. Maybe I should have did the Android app first. The new book, Power Prayers, needs copy editing. And when I total all this up, it's just shy of $10,000. So I either need to raise $10,000 or throw in the towel. I don't want to give up on this, but I can count on both hands my ongoing financial supporters. And as much as I appreciate them, they aren't enough to keep this ship afloat. And the reason I'm in this situation is it's my fault. It's not only because of trying to meet the requests of my listeners, but my own it'll come attitude. You know, just hang in there. It'll come. I don't enjoy reminding people about financially supporting the show. And because I've failed to frequently do that, remind people, things have gotten to a very serious point. And what I can't reconcile is I have over a million plus downloads a month. People are undoubtedly eating the meat of this show, my work. But I guess the question is, does the show mean enough to keep it alive? Does the weekend vigilante mean enough to you to keep alive? And I don't know if people know this, but I do all my own shows, all my own research, all my own podcasting, editing, guest booking, social media management. And on top of that, I respond to countless prayer requests, healing, deliverance. But I depend on the financial support of listeners like you to be able to keep this ministry going. And I made a decision a long time ago. I'm not just going to be one long infomercial. That isn't even open for discussion. You know, it's funny, if I was mainstream, my resources would be vast and unlimited. And as it is, well, I'm on the fringe. So today is officially my last day for a while. How long it's off the air? Well, that's up to you, really. There is a way that you can help. 
And that's to support my fundraiser that I'm having to raise this goal. You'll see a support our fundraiser little thermometer that's going to be updated daily. And right underneath is the donate button. I will be back on air when the goal is met. And I believe the goal will be met. I'm not going to give up on my listeners. And you better not give up on me either. All amounts matter. But please do give cheerfully and liberally. And I thank you in advance for that. I'll be right back after the break with the one and only Carla Butad. Don't go anywhere. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Welcome back from that little short break. My guest is also my co-author of the book, Power Prayers, subtitled Warfare That Works. Carla Butad joins me today to just talk about that very subject, the power of prayer how this book came to be, and I'm very excited to have on the one and only Carla Butad, powerhouse deliverance minister from the Lone Star State. And I'll tell you what, those Texans, they don't mess around. That's why they say, praise God and pass the ammo. You got to love Texas. They pack, well, Carla packs. She's got a Holy Spirit 50 cal, which ties into our new book. I call it a WMD, well, maybe an ICBM. It's a guided ballistic missile with maximum range destruction to the kingdom of darkness. Let me tell you, I always tease Carla because she says fixin' a lot. So I'm fixing to bring you a great guest. There you go. Carla, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Texas greetings, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here. And I am really excited about what God is going to do with this book. Oh, amen to that. I am really excited as well, Carla, to see what exactly God has planned for this book. By the way, when I introduced Carla, I had a lady email me about this. And when I say we as deliverance ministers, I just mean we're ministers who actually do deliverance. Casting out demons and healing was, of course, two-thirds of the ministry of Jesus. And I've come to learn that most ministers don't do the two-thirds part. So I'm I'm not saying we only... <laughs> do deliverance in our ministry. I'm just right. saying it's shorter than saying true apostolic, great commission ministers, of the gospel that do all three parts. So we do all three parts. Make sense? <laughs> Maybe I lost people, but I think it's just a really, really important and timely book. And of course, prayer is so powerful. And I often hear this term prayer warriors. I've actually had Christians say, you know, let's just leave prayer for the prayer warriors like it's a distinctive group. To me, there's no such thing as a distinctive group of prayer warriors. We're all believers. So when we pray, we're essentially prayer warriors. We're all prayer warriors. 
So the compendium that we've put together here, a comprehensive, easy to read, user-friendly arsenal of powerful scripture-based prayers and decrees to overcome demonic influence, opposition, deal with our finances, relationships, children, affliction, generational curses, demonic bondage. There's prayers for food, the weather. We're going to elaborate on the table of contents later in the show. But the bottom line here is powerful prayers are so incredibly effective Yet, sadly, Christians today, they're not having the victory because they haven't been, they haven't been taught. They're in complete snoozeville about this. Well, I was in snoozeville for probably the first 15 years of my spiritual walk. It took an onslaught from hell to bring me to the realization that I didn't even really give too much attention to the devil. But when he started giving attention to me, it just threw me off balance. It was like getting a sucker punch from the devil. It took me about a year to get through this because I didn't know how to fight the enemy. He was whipping me and tearing my family up, and I had no clue. And as I was crying out to God over and over and over, every single day, the same crying out about my children, my children, my family, my family, our finances, our finances, everything seemed to be shaken to the core. And as I cried out, God interrupted me one day. And that's when he said, why are you coming to me with this? And I'm like, what? Well, who else is there? And he said, did I say to you that if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that you would ask me to move your mountain? And listen, I had to think about the scripture. I said, no, I think it kind of says that if I have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, I shall say to the mountain. That was the very beginning of me being trained how to fight. You know, I was in church all my life. I was in the Methodist church growing up. Then I went from there to a non-denominational church. But still, there was no training, no talk about the devil, no telling me his tactics, no telling me how to recognize whether it's him or God. or You know, that's one thing that I have learned is that if you don't factor in the enemy, then everything is God's doing. And that borderlines on blasphemy. I agree. And... You know, I said this on a show recently. In the physical, Carla, we wouldn't let some guy come in our house and steal our stuff and beat us up and knock us around. And, you know, you'd know this in Texas especially. You know, they say, come and take our guns. I wish we'd apply that same attitude to the enemy. Like, why are we letting the devil beat us up, mop the floor with us, come and take our guns? We should have that attitude. You just come and try it, devil, and see what happens. And This is the sad part is people's lives are in shambles. People are losing their jobs. They can't cope. They're depressed. They're afflicted, oppressed. We get emails on all this stuff. We know what people are going through and it's horrendous. The devil is attacking people all day long. And yet we're living far below our privilege, our kingdom heritage. And I think people need to get a revelation. This is a slap in the face to God when we are living far beneath what Jesus Christ died to give us. True. And I think across the board, this is a problem 
in many people is they, their confidence level in what their faith is able to do is a factor there. I mean, this is where I was when before I learned how to war in the spirit realm without knowing who Christ is in you. I won't even say who you are in Christ, but who Christ is in you. Yes. Then you don't have that confidence because you then it seems like you're doing it under your own steam. And we need to understand that Jesus Christ is the power. He is the personage of God in us, having all the power and authority that he demonstrated when he was here on this earth. This is one thing that helped me to understand is when God said that to me, suddenly I understood, oh my goodness, this is why we are not seeing more of our prayers answered because we're asking God to do what he has given us the power and authority to do through Jesus Christ. And so God began to develop in me the understanding of who Christ is and what that actually means to my walk. Well, that's that rod of authority. Remember with Moses, he gave him the rod of authority and he gives us the rod of authority. It's just like I was crying out to God. I was shaking my fist at the heavens one day and I was screaming in my car. Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing something about this? And he said, why aren't you? I've already done it. And so it's very similar to similar to what you had, right? And the power yes. the power of prayer is astonishing. And, you know, we've said this before, Carla, people, well, I can always pray about it. It's like it's a last resort. It should be a first resort because prayer is one of our biggest weapons against the enemy and the demonic hosts of hell. It is. But I find so many times that people are a little afraid or gun shy, if you will, to pray in a certain way for fear that they're going to offend God or pray in a wrong way. And I can remember in the early days of my Christianity, wondering that, you know, should I even be praying that? A lot of questions around prayer. But you know what? There are, and I've said this on your show before, but there are three sets of scriptures that I live my life by, and and it had a lot to do with learning how to pray with these scriptures. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding. So that is a part of prayer. Don't lean unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Most of my prayers were I would have a decision to make, or but I wouldn't know which decision to make. And so when I learned to just acknowledge him in all my ways, whatever it was, I would begin to get direction. So that is a principle of prayer that I have held on to all these years. Another one is Matthew six twenty five through 33. You know, I was a young wife. We lived on one income, and it wasn't a big income. You know, we could get by, but I always felt like we should do more than just get by. But there were times that we couldn't even get by. So there were a lot of times that I found myself praying about these things. And it says, Matthew uh, 6, 
25 through 33. Therefore, I say unto you, be not anxious for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than food and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by being anxious? See, because I was a worrier. So these scriptures really spoke to me because I was worrying about all these things. It says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why are ye anxious for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? See, his anxiousness and worry is showing a lack of faith. Therefore, be not anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Be therefore not anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is its own evil. So there's a lot in there, but the continual line is, why are you anxious? Don't be anxious. And I just said this to someone today in an email. I said, you know what? God finally had to teach me about worry and fear. If I was being anxious about the future, it's like he said to me, you're trespassing on my property because he holds my future in his hand. We only have, we don't even have the promise of tomorrow. And so we need to rest and learn to live in this day because that's really all we have. Sometimes I tell people, you know, they say, well, do I have to pray this every day? And I said, well, you know, in the prayer, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, he said in this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. If Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, then I say it every day because this day, all we have is today. Be about the things of this day and, you know, don't be anxious for the future. So if I seek God first, I see seeking God and his righteousness, the kingdom of God and his righteousness is like the hub of a wagon wheel. Of course, in Texas, we have, we have, we don't have wagons anymore, but I think of a, of a wagon wheel because it's made of wood. It has a hub. It has spokes. And even the rim around all of it was wooden. So I see the spokes as, okay, what are we going to eat? Where are we going to live? How are we going to clothe ourselves? What about our retirement? What about this? What about that? All of those are spokes. The hub is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it says, if we do that, then all these things will be added unto you. We don't have to work for it, scratch for it, scrounge for it, beg for it. No, it will be added. And the rim around it is all held together by all the spokes that are in place. So it seems like a very simplistic picture, but it is simple. It is the living with God and 
being taken care of by him is simple. Now, if we if we move away and become anxious, it's not simple anymore because then we have to fix it. And then the third section of scriptures is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And it says this, Be anxious, here we are with that word again, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So see, those three sets of scriptures make it really easy for me to know how to pray. I love this, that it says, let your request be made known unto God. That is so easy for me to do. I can make a request. It also says in Ephesians 3.20, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within you. See, here again, we're waiting on God. You know, people say, well, I'm still waiting on God. Well, guess what? He's waiting on you. Mm, That's good. That's what I heard in that when God said, did I say to you that if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed that you would ask me? You know, if you're having faith in me, are you going to ask me to move your mountain? No, he gave us power and authority. And like you said, dominion over the weather. You know what? That scripture in Genesis, in 126, it says, And let us give them dominion over the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, over the cattle, over all the creeping things, and over all the earth. Now listen, I'm a literal thinker, and if you tell me that you have given me dominion over all the earth, I'm going to use it. It's just like our inheritance that he's given us. If anybody else left us an inheritance, we would go down to the bank tomorrow and claim our inheritance and begin to use it. And you know, a while ago when you were talking about Satan hijacking things, this is the the subtleness that Satan has taken the principles of God and used them for himself in the kingdom of darkness to the point that Christians are afraid to use the principles of God because they're afraid they're going to be in witchcraft or something. No, those principles belong to us. He has made certain things taboo because he's been using them in his kingdom and he makes us afraid to use them because we don't want to get on God's bad side by doing something the devil's doing. But the devil stole our principles, our inheritance, and everything that God gave us to rule and to reign in this earth. Do you know that's what subdue means? It means to rule and to reign. Subdue means to bring under subjection. What area of life are we even doing that in? The answer is we're not, and that's the whole point. (laughs) We have to understand that the battles that we are in is not with our employers that are not giving us enough money. It's not with the grocery store that's costing too much money to buy groceries. No, we have to know that the power that we have, you have to work it in the spirit realm. And that's the problem because the spirit realm has been so left out of Bible teaching and everything to the point that we don't even understand the warfare that's going on around us all the time or the power that we have to make some changes in that realm. 
that's why I think this book is going to help people because we haven't been taught. I say all the time, if I had joined a satanic church or a witch coven, they start teaching their people immediately how to use the power that is available to them. But as Christians, we're not taught the power that is available to us through Jesus Christ. Well, and that's why this book's so important, because people need to be taught. And that's the point. It's vital for us to learn to exercise authority while praying, but it's also vital to learn how to do it properly, because so many people, Carla, as you know, people inundate us all the time with, do you have a prayer for this? Do you have a prayer for that? And so it really became clear with the amount of deliverance that we do and the amount of people being afflicted that we had to do something. And it's important to note here, guys, that prayer is when you're addressing God and spiritual warfare is when you're addressing the enemy, as Carla, you taught me that well. And you can't leave out the part where you're addressing the enemy, can you? No. If you were a soldier going to war, you wouldn't just put on your uniform. You've got to pick up your weapon. And that's what's been lacking, I feel like, as a Christian, if I could look back and see something that needed to be done that wasn't done early on, if I needed to know about the enemy, I needed to know how he works. I needed to know that when something happened, I needed to know how to properly judge it, you know, because people say, well, you don't want to come against that if that was God's will. But you know what? Read the Bible. The Bible will tell you what his will is. If it doesn't fit in that, then come against it with everything that's in you. I mean, I don't think, Carla, there's ever been a time in history where warfare prayer is so urgently needed as the end days rapidly approach. Never before have we witnessed the callous disregard for God and prayer and being in the word. It's kind of treated as a side note, a last resort, all while this gross teaching, the seducing spirits, false doctrine, that stuff abounds. That's the order of the day. But yet the church has become weak and anemic and gutless. I mean, they're kind of like, I call them little glorified social clubs. And I, I, it really actually does break my heart because they have very little power. And yet they're bringing in the Kundalini and all this they are so desperate for the Holy Spirit to come that they'll accept any spirit. And so, you know, God gave me a word back in January of this year. And this is really kind of almost like a testimony because, you know, you said that word, be not anxious. We are in unprecedented craziness. We've got Brexit. We look at the pound. I've got listeners in England. Their dollar is plummeting. Yeah. The economy's crashing. And I think God is... I don't know if he's buying us time or what, but I said on a show back in January, at the beginning of 2016, the Lord gave me the word intensification. And I said on a show just a few days before that Orlando massacre, I said, you know, why are we not coming against terrorism collectively? Because we have the ability, and I think you and I have so adequately brought this out in other shows, we have access to angels, warring angels. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, we've said this before. Our angels are unemployed. That's right. Well, you know, I am out of town at the moment, and I went to eat by myself. And I was sitting there thinking, like you said, we are living in unprecedented times where it wasn't threatening to go to a movie or to a restaurant or to a mall. But today, sitting there by myself, I just said, Lord, I just I surround this restaurant 
with angels shoulder to shoulder that no evil penetrate. Because somebody could, some nut could walk in there and just start shooting the place up. You know, those are the days that we live in. So we need not to take lightly, but we do have power. We can employ those angels. If your children are going to go to a water park for the day, Father, I send your mighty angels to that water park. What did this uh, scripture say in Philippians? Let your request be made known unto God. I send the angels. I bind spirits of accidents and incidents. I bind the spirit of death and destruction. I bind violence and your request. What is your request? Boy, I'll tell you what, I don't have trouble making a request. It says exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Let me tell you something. I think big. <laughs> and if he can think bigger than that, then I'm not going to rock God's world by asking for something monumental. And and I think people are afraid to just tell God what it is that they want. See, I didn't really have a relationship with God, but I knew my brother did. And so I was telling him what my brother said and asking God to grant what he had said. Fear used to be huge in my life. All that anxiousness and worry, it was all rooted in fear, and it was huge in my life. And I said, Lord, my brother told me that you could take away this fear. I said, I don't know how you can how you can take away this fear, but if you can, I need you to. That was my first prayer. And then I, I prayed that for like four months, and I just kept waiting because the fear was still there, and I just kept hoping that what my brother told me was true. And I would just say it again every day, Lord, my brother said you could take away this fear, and I need you to because I can't have this surgery being this afraid. And then one day I woke up, and I went to say that prayer, and I realized the fear was gone. That is how simple prayer is. Don't be afraid to pray your heart. You know, I pray my heart. People say, oh, that was so beautiful. Do you have that written down? Well, no, I just prayed it from my heart. You know, listen, we all know how to express our feelings, our wants, our dreams, our desires to the one who made us. You know what? I'm talking to the God of my master, and and I'm asking you to let it happen just like this. He wants to respond to us. He wants that relationship with us, that he knows us. He wants us to know him. And there's nothing that God doesn't want to give us. And that's what I think is so amazing. As you said, I am talking to the God of his master. I mean, we are talking to the very God who created us. We are formed in his likeness, in his workmanship, it says. And so you know, why wouldn't we use that time to pour out our hearts to God and tell him what's on our heart? It says he'll give us the desires of our heart. Let your requests be made known unto God, as you said. And somebody said recently, you know, it's like a guy was going around this campus waving his Bible up over his head. It's not about waving a Bible around. It's what is contained in that Bible. It's the word. In the beginning was a word. The word was with God and the word was God. It's like the rhema word. It's like the Bible is Jesus Christ in black and white. It is. He is the word made flesh. Jesus is the word made flesh. Mm, it is. And you know what's amazing to me? It's kind of like a intimate personal love letter from God that gives you everything that you need and you can trust it. It's reliable. It is. It proves itself. You don't have to prove it. It proves itself. 
it, it is a relationship, with, and maybe that is part of the problem, you know. And that's what's so good about, again, in this book, because there are certain curses that will keep us from that intimacy with God. Some people struggle and struggle. It's like bumping your head against the wall. But sometimes there's a curse there, and that curse can be broken. And then you have free, unlimited, long distance, you know, (laughs) um, to be able to commune with God after that curse is broken. We're not even taught about curses in churches. And so I just think that it's going to enhance people's prayer life. It will empower. That's what happened with me. As God began to teach me these things, I felt empowered that I'm not just drifting around like a piece of lint being tossed around however the wind blows or or whoever might blow on you. No, it grounded me. It established me. And that's what I hope to do. It is to help people be equipped. You're not powerless. You can have something until you can do it yourself. You know, this is just like the very first time I took Dominion. I felt like an idiot <laughs> because we are, we're not accustomed to using that kind of language. You know, I went outside on my porch. I held my hands up to the weather because a, a terrible storm was coming, uh, hail and tornadoes. And, you know, we live in a place where tornadoes hit all the time. And so I just raised my arms up and I said, I speak to this storm just like Jesus did because we're, he said, the works that I do, you shall do also. When you first start doing it, you don't feel very confident. You don't feel like there's any power behind your prayer. But I just took dominion over the weather. I bind those damaging winds that they are predicting. I bind damaging hail, damaging lightning. I stand angels around all the electric poles so that we don't lose electricity. And I just spoke what I wanted in that situation. And I'm telling you, it has put a stop to a lot of those scary situations. You know what happens whenever tornadoes break out? They sound an alarm and everybody runs for the cellar. (laughs) You know, it's okay to get in the cellar if a tornado is is approaching. But when they start telling you that the weather, there's a front coming through, it has the likelihood of this and that, well, you know what those weather prognosticators is what they are. They are prophesying, actually. Yes. Because the words of your mouth have power. So if I'm listening to a weather report and they are predicting all this stuff, I said, I break that word spoken curse in the name of Jesus. I speak peace to the weather in the name of Jesus Christ. We have so much that we do not access. And, you know, you said it breaks your heart to see people that are getting beat up and, you know, ravaged by the enemy, it grieves God's heart. That's why it says in Romans that the very creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. That's who we are, the sons of God. And we could have influence over the weather. Let me tell you, the witches are using the weather. Those people that are taking dominion with that CERN thing, and all, they're taking dominion. They're not afraid to take dominion. The kingdom of darkness takes dominion. But we have power over all the power of the enemy. So it's time for us as the sons of God, the children of God, to stand up and begin to stand in that authority and use the weapons that he has given us to make a difference. 
you know, it's like George W. Well, we're looking for the WMDs. Well, if you're looking for a weapon of mass destruction to the to the kingdom of darkness, this is it. Because what we do here in this compendium is we put together, I mean, let's go over a table of contents. I mean, not just that weather prayer. God actually put it on my heart. As you know, this, Carla, it was one of the last prayers we added to the book was a prayer concerning weapon systems even. Now, people go, well, uh-huh. weapon systems, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about all this, you know, the psychotronic weaponry. I mean, you're not going to find that in a church. You're not going to find a, no. you're not going to find a prayer on chemtrails and plots in our water and food supply. The morning warfare prayer, let me tell you, Carla, I don't get out of bed anymore without praying that because I know what happens. And ironically, the one day that I forgot to do that prayer, I was slammed into that day by a three-quarter ton. So do I use these prayers every day? You betcha I do. Well, you know, and here, here is a concern that somebody made to me about these prayers is that, you know, they, they kind of saw it as if I'm repeating your prayer, then isn't that a vain repetition? When the disciples said Jesus, to Jesus, teach us how to pray, he gave them the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He gave us a model prayer. But we're not just to say that as rote. It needs to become the prayer of our heart. You may say something in the beginning and it's not yours, but as you say it, you know, as it gets down into your spirit, you begin to pray it with sincerity and you know the gravity of it and and it becomes your prayer that's what god intended and this this am warfare prayer is not i tell people this is not my prayer you're not praying my prayer this is a prayer that god gave to me it is a prayer that he knew i needed to pray every day for my protection for the protection of my family, to put the enemy at bay the first thing in the morning. And all of these things that are in there, he gave those to be prayed in order to enhance my life. And so I'm this way. If God gives me something that enhances my life and makes a difference, why would I not want you to know about it? And it's the power that God has um, established in me and in Sheila and other people who are, I'll just give you a testimony. There was, um, there's a prayer in here about breaking poverty. And I've done this teaching on this show called going to the enemy's camp and getting back what was stolen from you. There was a man in Sacramento, California, who heard that teaching and began to implement the principles. And it's so transformed his his finances that now he sends me a hundred dollars a month because it opened up it got rid of a lot of blocks that were in his life that he didn't know what to do about so these prayers are very precious in their weightiness in their value to help different areas of your life that you may be struggling in well and i'm going to take that a little step further here, not just struggling in, these can help completely transform people's lives. Just like that guy you said, his finances were transformed. You can't put a price on that. And 
And I said to you, Carla, and at, at one time I was joking, but I'm not even joking about this anymore. If people were to pay what this is really worth, this book, no one could afford it. And that's not being prideful or arrogant. It, it's back to what you said, the value of the Holy Spirit giving you and I these to give to others. You can't put a price tag on it. And, you know, back to that daily thing you said, the vain repetitions. Don't forget in that example you used with Jesus, he said, give us our daily bread. So I just cannot say enough about this book and the examples of powerful daily warfare prayers. Amen. It's time for us to engage in this this warfare. You may not know that you are in a war, but you are. The casualties are everywhere. This is the problem, folks, is the church They're not talking about witchcraft, sorcery, and hexes and vexes and the things that are really, really afflicting the kingdom of God. It's not all about Sunday fun day and, you know, sit up on the pews with your feet up and a coffee in your hand, listen about a PowerPoint about nothing about Jesus. And and it does break our heart. It really, you know, just so people know this, it does break my heart, the condition of the church today, the famine in the land for the word. And this is why this is injected with scripture. And I think it's really important because when you pray with the word, there is life and death in the in the tongue. That is a massive yeah. weapon. And we speak, I'm going to tell this testimony, my life was a train wreck. And I had to learn how to pray effectively because I'll tell you what, the devil was mopping the floor with me. And I just couldn't understand. And I thought, what in the world is going on? It was like, it was like a black cloud. I was going around the same mountain round and round. I'd said, why God, why, why God, why? And you know what God told me? I had so many curses, so many generationally inherited curses. I had so many demons. I had that strong spirit of Jezebel you had. I had to get delivered from that. And so much more because I'm gonna. It's not just one demon. I had to get delivered from. I think there's a scripture on the legion of demons. I think I had that because we come, <laughs> we come in with a boatload of demons, and we don't even connect the dots to this on why things don't work out in our lives. That's true. That's true. So you know, really, I believe this is the time uh, that God has set up for His people to begin to come into this knowledge begin to stand up and take their place in the kingdom. I want to just make this clear to people. There's a new listener that said, oh, I just love you and Carla. And I I went back and I listened to a whole bunch of your deliverance. And I went back and I stopped the thing and I tried to write it down. And I just can't seem to write down these prayers. And I I don't have time to go through, you know, 30 hours of (laughs) listening. 30 hours of listening to all our shows. So I just think this is a really very easy. It's user-friendly. It's, well, let's go through some of the table of contents. Our morning warfare prayer, like I said, I don't get out of bed before that. A prayer for our nation, a prayer for America. And this includes, by the way, coming against terrorism, as we see in our country. And I always say, you know, things like ISIS ought to be afraid of Holy Ghost-filled believers that are praying. Prayers for our children, our teen, school children. There's a child that's being bullied. There's a prayer for that. There's a prayer for prodigals, a prayer concerning arrested development, a prayer for healing, and everybody could use that, concerning weather. There's that weather prayer. 
pray over our food. That is so important. And we've even got a prayer concerning plots in GMO, chemtrails, the water and food supply, the stuff we're being inundated with every day. I, I'm very convinced about this smart grid that's given. We're being bathed in a toxic soup, so I believe we need to be covering ourselves. And this, I'm telling you, this is this prayer God gave me, a prayer for traveling, whether it's hotel accommodation, flights, a prayer for marriage and against marriage blocking spirits, a prayer concerning conflict, prayer concerning poverty and lack. We did that show. A prayer for cleansing possessions. That is so important, Carla. A prayer concerning breaking blood covenant and oaths. Prayer before and after surgery. That was your fear. Prayer against satanic attack, against bondage, soul ties, forgiveness. We've got in there generational curses, how to get rid of it. And then we've got a back section. We go through very strong curses, the Antichrist spirit, the curse of the firstborn, the curse of death, the spirit of the bride of Satan, the curse of the bastard, the curse of Tamar, the curse of Jezebel and Ahab, spirits of incubus and succubus. I just did a show on that yesterday. The spirit of Leviathan, Kundalini. We actually show people how to bind and loose. And then we have a really interesting section where we talk about, do I have to know the name of the spirit to bind it or cast it out? And this is just such a compilation. I've Never seen anything like this, Carla. I haven't either, to be honest with you. And so I really encourage people to get their hands on this book. Of course, we've got the pre-order there, and I'm very excited about, I'm really excited, Carla, to see people start taking this and stepping out in power and authority. Yes, me too. I, I really feel that time for the body of Christ to be equipped equipped. All of these things were given to us for the equipping of the saints. Amen on that. Well, Carla, I know you're traveling and I'm so glad you could weigh in today. It's just such a blessing to have you talk about the book because you know what I'm excited about? I'm excited to get the testimonies. We're already getting emails just, uh, you know, sending a few different prayers out to people. We're already, these are life changing, Carla. That's not a cutesy phrase. No, no. I'm excited about it, too. And I know that we will be hearing the transformation and the confidence that will be built up in a person as they begin to speak these things out. After this book is out and people are actually doing these prayers and then the testimonies, we're going to have to have just a full show on testimonies. That's the show I'm excited to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Me too. Well, I'll tell you what, God has put something very remarkable using you and I. And Carla, I can't think of a better person. You know, I love you. And I can't think of someone I would rather have teamed up with in this collaborative effort to bring people our combined prayers, things that we've put together (laughs) through blood, sweat and tears. But to really bring it to the people, I can't think of someone that I would rather have done this incredible tool to equip the saints with. Love you very much. And I appreciate your time and not only coming on the show, but thank you for putting this book together with me. Amen. Me too, Sheila. It was a a joint effort. And I, I can't, I can't think of anybody that, well, let's just face it. God connected us for, I think for, this is one of the very purposes, one of the very reasons. Divine appointments and divine connections. Amen. Amen. I love them. Carla, just quickly before you go, tell folks where you are this very weekend 
for people in the area that might be able to get out and see you if they're close? I'm at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, It's called a deliverance camp because we teach about deliverance here and then we do deliverance. I would love for this to be uh, embraced in every church in the world, but sadly right now it's not. So this is a place well known. It's been here for over 30 years and uh, many people come and are set free and that's where I am this weekend. So pray for the camp. We will do that. Thanks for coming on, Carla. Folks, that was Carla Butad, my co-author of the book, Power Prayers, Warfare That Works. Pre-order your copy today. And if you did not hear the beginning of this show, I strongly encourage people to go back and listen to that. Today is my last day on air, unless I can reach my financial goal, which is why I'm doing my fundraiser, as I explained that as well, of ten thousand dollars. I walk through what that money is for. And so when am I back on air? Well, that's up to you. And I also did post an announcement on my website there at weekendvigilante.com. So again, the show is on hold until the funds come in. So please do donate to our fundraiser. On the right hand side of the website, you'll see it says support our fundraiser. And we will be updating that daily. And I hope to be back on the air soon. Have a very blessed weekend. Good night and God bless you.